Praise the Lord. We honor the Lord for the gift of a brand new day. Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastics, the preacher. Chapter 11, I begin reading from the seventh verse. Truly, the light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man lives many years and rejoices in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many and that is coming is vanity. Rejoice, verse 9, O young man in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. Then jump with me to the epistle of James. James chapter 4, I read two verses, verses 13 and 14. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. This morning, I'm sharing with us from the epistle to James, the 14th verse, where, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? And the, the subject for the message today is, what is your life? Here the apostle James says that our life is like a vapor that disappears into thin air. But the good news is that as much as our life is brief and appears into thin air, it enters into another atmosphere. Our eyes are no longer able to see that vapor, but that is not the end. But the question then is, what is life? What is the meaning of life? Songs have been written about it. It is the one million philosophical question that everybody is asking. What is life all about? What is my life? For some, they believe it is to acquire happiness as much as you can. For others, it is to become rich, to become a billionaire. For others, it is to have power and to gain control. For some, life... It's about gaining knowledge and gaining as much wisdom as you can. For others, it is to have a good family. For many, it is to meet the love of your life. For others, it is to have pleasure, enjoy life, eat well. And for many also, they believe that there is nothing about life. Therefore, for them, life is so meaningless that some of them even attempt to take their own lives through suicide. Anybody hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit this morning who is attempting suicide by virtue of any pain and challenge, I command the peace of the Lord to come over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not commit suicide. There are others they believe this life is about traveling all over the world. King Solomon asks the same question in the book of Ecclesiastic. What is life about? 
You see, with Solomon, after experimenting and investigating life under the sun, anything that one expected to acquire, Solomon acquired them. After gaining wealth, fame, riches, a, a, a thousand women, every color, every shape of women, a thousand of them, after gaining wisdom and anything that any one in this world would have sought to gain. Eating well. He concludes and says, it is all vanity upon vanity. Hmm. And he gave four reasons to support his conclusion in the book of Ecclesiastes. He says that the, the, the fact about the monotony of life, getting up, going to work, coming back home, having some food to eat, watching some TV, going to bed, get the monotony of life for many, the vanity of wisdom. After gaining all the wisdom in the world, what else? The futility of wealth. After gaining all the wealth in the world, what else? So he says, the monotony of life, the vanity of wisdom, the futility of wealth, and the certainty of death sums it all up that life is vanity. Beloved, I believe you will agree with me that the coronavirus pandemic has taught us so many lives. Claiming the lives of over 500,000 precious people within six months and infecting over 11 million people worldwide, it has opened our eyes for you and I to know our frailty, how frail we are. No wonder the Bible says that God remembers our frame that we are dust. We are not in charge. It has taught us the lesson to know that we are not in charge of everything as we told. How this single virus managed to shut the world down. Thank God that now the governments of the world are rising up to face this pandemic in the name of Jesus. But the lessons are there. And, and, and as I speak, there are too many who are very scared of a second wave. But I stand here and I declare in the name of Jesus that affliction will not strike a second time in the mighty name of Jesus. That does not mean that we should relax on our OS. We will not throw caution to the wind. But one thing that we will never do is to bow in fear to this virus. We know it is deadly. We know it is real. We know it lies at the door. But we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, we will follow the protocols. We will do what is right. And this virus will pass over us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This virus has taken away, it has, spared, it has spared no one. It has taken away the rich. It has taken away the famous. It has taken away the mighty. It has taken away the top professionals. It has taken every race and every color and every ethnic grouping you may talk about. At the end of the day, it has spared no one. So the truth is that this virus it's real. Not only has it taken the top, it has taken also those ordinary folks at the bottom. It has changed the way we do everything. Now church 
has changed. Now we are in a season of the new normal. And I pray that the enemy thought he might have thrown this virus on the church and the world for evil. But God will turn it for good in the mighty name of Jesus. For so many people have been raised. The gospel of the kingdom has been preached at this time in all the worlds through digital means and multitudes have come to Christ and we will not stop. We are coming back to church but we will also continue reaching the unreached, telling the untold and ensuring that those who have not heard will hear that through the death, burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the slate has been wiped clean. Salvation is free. The price is paid. Jesus has become a substitute. And there is hope for everyone who puts their life in Christ. The question then is, what is life all about? Life is so fragile that in learning the lessons of this, coronavirus, all boasting and pride and arrogance and hatred and envy must stop because we must learn. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lives, adds to the questions that he asks and says that this life is rewarding when one discovers God. It is for us to accept life as a gift from God. It is only when we do that that you and I will know that life is rewarding and life has fulfillment and a purpose, but this purpose is only found in God. So life it's about knowing God. What is life all about? It's about knowing God, discovering his purpose for your life, knowing that life is full of tests, that we have a stewardship, and that even that stewardship that God has given to us is temporal, and that life is a temporal assignment. The truth about life is that the tests that will come away are temporal. The assignment that God, the, the, the stewardship that God has given to us is temporal. And life itself is temporal. But the good news is that life in God, life with God, life discovering and living for God is eternity in the mighty name of Jesus. The truth about life is that we are successful only when we do what God has created us for. That is the only time we are successful. We are successful only when we do what God has created us for. If we know our purpose in life, we can move forward with confidence. So the wisest man gives us three clues to follow. Solomon gives us three instructions to help find meaning to this life. He says, number one, that we must enjoy the blessings of God with gratitude. What is life? Lead good moral lives because God will judge as to worship what is all life about. Remember your creator. Never forget your God in the days of your youth. So let's take these three things. Number one, 
Enjoy the blessings of God with gratitude. Look at verse 7 of the 11th chapter. Solomon says, truly, the light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man lives many years and rejoices in them, or yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many, and that is coming is vanity. So what Solomon is saying to us, then the ninth verse says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Let your heart cheer you. What Solomon is saying is that we must enjoy life as God has given it to us. But in the enjoying of this life, we must do it with gratitude. He said, look at the verse 7, truly the light is sweet. Well, what Solomon is saying is that good times are sweet. And it is pleasant for the eyes to behold the sun. You and I know that if you live in the western world where there is winter, where there is autumn, where there is spring, and there is summer, you know how the countenance of people change just at the appearing of the sun. It is pleasant to have good life. It is pleasant to see the sun. All what Solomon is saying is that it is a sign that you are alive, you are strong, and you are healthy. Thank God for youthfulness, but thank God for the elderly that we can stand on the word of God which says that he renews our strength like the eagle. Not only are the young people strong, but the elderly also. God daily renews our strength like the eagle. That is why we must live a life of joyful gratitude to him. Praise the Lord. What a joy it is to anticipate each day as a brand new gift that has come from the presence of God. That is why we must live a life of thanksgiving to him. Hallelujah. God wants you to rejoice in this life. He wants you to enjoy what he has given to you. God, that is why your life must not be too stiff. No, 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 no. The blessings of the Lord maketh rich and it has no sorrows. So when God blesses you, God desires that you enjoy the gifts that he has given to you as a child of God with discretion and with the fear of of God. Hallelujah. That, that is why Ecclesiastes 5.19 says that, and as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage, and rejoice in his labor, this is a gift of God. For God to bless you, and for you to be able to enjoy in that fruit, the Bible says, it is a gift from God. That is what Solomon is saying here, that you must rejoice in that which God has given to you, but with joy. When you wake up each day, Regardless of the circumstances around you, your song must be, this is the day the Lord has made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. David, the man after God's own heart, in Psalm 103, takes a critical look at his own life and says that let my inner being, let everything that lives within me, let my heart, my soul, my sucker, everything bless the name 
of the Lord. David remembers that when Samuel, the prophet, was sent into his dad's house to anoint the next king, they went for Eliab. God says no. They went for Abinadad. God says no. They went for Shammah. God said no. All the others passed. And the man of God asked, is that all? And he said, there is another one who is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said something very important and powerful, that we will not sit down till he comes. I stand here and I declare in the name of Jesus that as you find the meaning of life, I want you to know that you will not only discover that purpose that God has given to you, because when David came, not only was he to, for the first time, to discover his purpose in life, that he was not just a shepherd, but that he was the man after God's own heart, a king after God's own heart, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the man who would fight God's battles for him, the one who would walk faithfully with the ancient of days and write some of the most powerful psalms that has outlived him. He did not know, but when he stood in the presence of God, with that heart to honor him and that anointing of God came over his life, he discovered his purpose. In the mighty name of Jesus, I want you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has made you in his own image and he has crowned you with glory and with honor. That is why in all that you do and in all that you say, your song must be to him be the glory for great things he has done for. I did not know you will bless me this way. I didn't know you will glorify yourself this way in my life. Hallelujah. So David takes a critical look at his own life. He looks at where God picked him from. He looks at his own sins. He looks at how he was sidelined. And God's eyes saw him. You remember where God picked you from? He remembers the many sins he had committed. How he killed his own bodyguard and took his wife and tried to conceal his sin. And how God gave him a second chance. How merciful God was to him. So he declares that the meaning of this life is not only with a grateful heart to Thank God, the God who gives his children a second chance. But bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I will not forget, we are a people who, are, who have specialized in forgetfulness. But I stand here today and to declare that as we enjoy, as we rejoice in that which God has given to us, we must thank him in the mighty name of Jesus. You see, if you look around you, there will be cause for you not only to rejoice, but also for you to thank God. When you look around, the hope that you have, 
If you don't have children, the hope that you are going to have them. If you are not married, the hope that you have that you will marry. The job that God has given to you. A place to lay your head. The children that God has given to you. You look at all the blessings that God has given to you. You must just say that, Father, I didn't know you would favor me this way. Abba, Father, thank you. You know, sleep is a gift from God. And as we rejoice in all the blessings that God has given to us, we must remember that some of the most famous and important people in this world can sleep. Michael Jackson. Nobody influenced young people more than this young man. So famous and so rich. Had all the money, but he could not buy sleep. It was in his attempt to find sleep that he died. Today, if you are suffering from insomnia by the finger of God, I declare in the name of Jesus that you will lie down and your sleep shall be sweet in the name of Jesus. You will sleep and you will have a visitation of heaven. You will sleep and you will have a visitation of the plans and the thoughts that God has for you and your children in the mighty name of Jesus. Every evil dream ceases in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the midst of this pandemic, God has given you life. Those that went through this challenge, God has brought you out. Those that lost their lives, God has encouraged us. Gift, health, our health is a gift that comes from God. And we must thank him. As we rejoice the house, the houses that God has given to us, as we rejoice in them, we must be grateful. Hallelujah. Steve Jobs had all the money. Trillion. All the influence. But there was no professional strong enough to help save his life when death laid its icy hands on him. For some of you, not only are you sleeping very well, but some of you even woke up to come and listen to the broadcast today. That's fine. To God be the glory for the gift of sleep. And some of you, you look at your health and you, you must just thank God. The ability to hear, the ability to taste. For God to bless a man and for him to be able to enjoy the fruit thereof, that also is a gift of what is life all about? The gift of salvation. We must say, Abba Father, thank you. I don't know about you, but for me, where God saved me from, where God picked me from, gives me cause to say, Abba Father, thank you. The story is told of Charles Perkins, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived. Walking past the gate at Newgate Prisons, a young boy who, who, had, who just started somersaulting over and over, bumped into him, doing the flips, bumped into him, and Charles Perkins fell down. He got up, he said, my young boy, what is wrong with you? He said, sir. And those were the days when young boys, when they stole bread, were imprisoned for two, 14 days, and some for just stealing bread the Victorian age here in this country. So the young boy said, sir, I don't know what you have been freed from, but 
If only you understood my story. I have just been released from prison for stealing bread. And it is only because of the freedom and the joy that I have that I am flipping over. I am so sorry. What has God saved you from? When you come to church and when you see people rolling over the song, rolling over the floor, but not now. Now save that for later. Do that at home. But when we, times become normal again and people are rolling on the floor because this virus will be defeated in the name of Jesus. When the preacher is preaching and they are shouting, preach on, to God be the glory, you do not know their stories. And for many, the, the pain of their story is such that they see their deliverance not only as a gift from God, but as, an, as a means and as an opportunity to say, Abba Father, thank you. That is why when you see Antesi at church, and during worship time, she takes a handkerchief and starts singing and catches the tear at the right place because she knows that if she should allow that tear to drop, the foundations and the concealers and the walls of Jericho that will come down and the waterways that will be left in the So she holds the handkerchief in a very special <laughs> and catches the tear. When you see Aunt Tessie doing that, rejoice with her. Don't say that, why is it that this woman always comes to church and during every worship she is crying, giving praises, she's crying. You do not know her story. If it had not been for the Lord who turned our captivity, let them rejoice in the mighty name of Jesus. Therefore, when people shout, please leave them alone. So first, Solomon says, to understand the real meaning of life and to enjoy it, rejoice in the blessings of God with gratitude. But secondly, also so Solomon says, live good moral lives. Look at verse 11 of the 11th chapter. He says, rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart. And in the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these, God will bring you into judgment. Oh, what he's saying is that there must be a balance in rejoicing in the gifts and the blessings of the Lord. For we must always remember that there is a judgment awaiting us. Live moral lives. Good moral lives, right? Because for to each one of us, God has given us two worships. Even the gifts that he has given to us, the blessings that he has given to us, we will answer before God how we use them. In his wisdom, he has given us talents, he has given us treasure, and he has given us time. God will not judge you for what he has not given to you. And in the execution of the stewardship that God has given to us, we must know that the freedoms and the opportunities and the blessings that God has given to us comes with responsibilities. And the balance must be the key. The choices we make has direct consequences. The choices we make today has consequences for 
tomorrow. That is why you must remember that your character matters. And, and, and as we rejoice in the goodness of God and ask the question, what is life all about? Remember that God desires that you rejoice in what he has given to you, but that you also take heed of your character. For you must know that God knows about your conduct. There is nothing that you do that which God does not know. Psalm 139, verse, the first verse says, you, you have said me and you have known me. You know my lying down and you are acquainted with all my ways. Not only does God know your conduct, you must pay attention to your character because he also knows about your thoughts. You understand my thoughts far away, David says. He also knows everything that proceeds out of your mouth. Even the word on your tongue, God knows about them. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it all together. Matthew says, God will judge us for every idle word that we speak. That is why you and I must pay attention to the gifts and the talents that God has given to us. Walk in the ways of your heart. That does not mean that live your life anyhow. It means rejoice in what God has given you, but with the utmost discretion in the mighty name of Jesus. It is not an encouragement to youthful flank, just doing anything. No. But finally, Solomon says, remember your creator. What is life all about? He says, remember your creator. Look at chapter 12. Let's look at the first two verses of Ecclesiastes. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come, and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened and the clouds do not return after the rain. Remember, remember. You see, and that word remember in the Bible always implies action. Anytime God remembers Abraham, the Bible, and God remembered Abraham, it means he took the action immediately. For every one of us, God has a definite will and a definite timetable for us. And when the fullness, God does not forget, but when your, the fullness of your time, of your appointment comes, God will not only bring you to the fore, but the Bible says, and God remembered Abraham. The God who remembered Abraham, the God who remembered Rachel, the God who remembered Sarah, the God who remembered his covenant with his children in bondage. Today you are coming out of every bondage. You are coming out of every assignment of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. Any stool that mentions your name, in the name of Jesus, you are set free by the finger of God, the blood of Jesus will speak for you. You must remember your God when you have strength. Not when you are being carried around. In these days of your youth, when your eyes can see, when your ears can hear, when your mouth can speak, when your legs can walk, when your hands can touch, this 
is the time to serve him. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth. You must know him. You must follow him. This is the goal and the greatest achievement and fulfillment of life. When you make up your mind and your heart, when they are set for one purpose, the purpose of pleasing God. That is it. Our search for meaning begins and ends when we know God, when we obey him, when we learn of him, when we become obedient to his will and become accountable to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, because God made us, he is the one who knows that which is best for our lives. He has a special plan for our lives. In life, you don't have to put somebody down to be above. You, you don't have to cut people behind. You don't have to malign people for you to be promoted. Because before their master, they will stand. And because God has a definite time for everybody, regardless of what the enemy does, your time is coming in the mighty name of Jesus. Because promotion does not come from the south, it does not come from the east, it does not come from the west. It comes from above. And when God set you up, there is no one strong enough to set you down. I decree that your promotion is coming in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. So God's greatest desire is that you will have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. That you will obey him. That after receiving total forgiveness, you will be ready to see your purpose and life unfold. Your destiny begins to unfold properly. Your purpose the meaning of life begins to make sense as you make that quality decision to walk faithfully with God and become obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. It differs God's will for everybody differs. That is why as a child of God, you must not try to be somebody. Be who you are. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. You see, if you buy any new appliance, it comes with an instruction. The essence of the instruction is to help you handle that machine. And if you throw that manual away, you do that at your own cost. And you and me, as the creation of God, you and I must understand that God has a manual. God has definite instructions for our lives. And, and, that is, and that happens when we begin to remember him in the days of our youth. That is why when we are considering a profession, remember your creator. When we are considering who to marry, remember your creator. When we are considering the new business venture to take, Remember your creator. When you are considering what school to take your children to, remember your creator. When you are considering even traveling, remember your creator. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Remember him 
and he shall direct your paths in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't rush in marriage. Remember him. The God who chose Rebecca for Isaac will choose your Isaac for you. He will choose your Rebecca for you. He will orchestrate your feet to meet in the name of Jesus. At times he may send somebody. At times you see the person and your heart jumps just like Pastor K in the name of Jesus. That will be the Lord, your Lord in the name of Jesus. Only God knows that which is best for you. Seek his will in perfect prayer in the name of Jesus. Don't be like those who in the midst of their plenty totally forgot about God and said their own strength has made it. And at the end, the conclusion of their story was Jeremiah 8, 20. The harvest is past. The summer is ended and we are not saved. Not you in the name of Jesus. There is nothing that can be hidden from God. Therefore, remember him. Distance will not hide you from him. No. He is nearer to you, to you, to you, than you can think. Darkness cannot hide you from God. There is no darkness the devil will throw on your way that God's light will not shine. Remember your creator. That is why you will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flyeth by day in the mighty name of Jesus. This virus is real. The coronavirus is real. This pandemic, it is not an illusion. It is not a story. It is real. It is killing people. It is real. But my God is real. It is deadly, but my God is a healer. And, and in the midst of this pandemic, instead of fear, I remember what my God can do. This virus is big, but my God is bigger. Bigger than any disease. Bigger than anything the enemy will throw on my way. Mightier than anything the devil will do in the mighty name of Jesus. My God is too big for this virus. And as I follow the protocol, nothing will come nigh me in the mighty name of Jesus. Beloved, don't be afraid going back to church. Don't be terrified. For there is joy in the house of the Lord. There is peace in the house of the Lord. The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This pandemic has been that. Now the governments are saying we must go back to church. But people are scared. People are scared to death. Ah, if I go, no, no, no. There is no death in the house of God, of the Lord. In the house of the Lord, there is life. There is peace. And having the mind of Christ, we will not throw protocol to the wind in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't be terrified. Be strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed. For the promises of the Lord will be fulfilled in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. For your God shall be with you all the days of your life. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. Don't let this virus intimidate you. We should not be like the children of Zion, of God, who in exile, when they were asked to sing one of the songs of Zion, 
sat by the rivers of Babylon and hung their harps and said, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? In the land of our pilgrimage, in the land of strangers, we will not hang our harps. Our harps are in the depths of our heart. Our meditation of him shall be sweet. By the rivers of Babylon, by the rivers of the Thames River, by the rivers in the land in Ghana and around the world, we will not hang our harps, but we will sing the Lord's song in this strange land in this land of challenges, of greed, of perverseness, of evil and wickedness. We will sing and declare that our God reigneth. We will sing and declare that our God lives. We will, we will sing and we say that we are no longer slaves to fear. We will not be slaves to this virus. For we know whom we have believed in the mighty name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the house of the Lord. There is corporate anointing. We don't deny. We, we, we by no means deny the fact that this virus is real. We will never say that. We know that the giants are there. Like a giant, it is hiding at the corner with a desire. But we will master it with prayer and with wisdom. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is the time to trust God. And to know that he's a Jehovah Nisi. His banner over us is love. It is a banner of victory. It is a banner of honor. It is a banner of joy. Therefore we shall not fear. In the name of Jesus. He is our peace. Peace in the midst of the storm. He is our healer. In the midst of our sicknesses. He is a provider in the midst of our lack. This is the God we serve. Elohim, the possessor of the heavens and the earth. So in conclusion, after Solomon had tried every possible experience that the world could offer to bring happiness, he found it all to be futile and pointless. He discovered that a life of meaning a life of joy or fulfillment can only be ours if we devote ourselves to Christ. Therefore, in the chapter 12, he says, remember now your creator in the days of your youth. And in ending that chapter, listen to what he says in verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Pause. Solomon says, let us hear the end let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The whole matter as to what life is about. Why am I here? Let us hear the conclusion. It is resolved for us. And what is it? Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. I pray that this will be your prayer. And as you fear him and keep his commandment and remember him, I pray that you will you will rejoice in his blessings with gratitude and that you will handle your stewardship with the fear of God and lead a moral life. God bless you.
and keep you. Hallelujah.